Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Worth More podcast. I am your host, Cami Bleece, and so excited about today's episode because not only was this interview just so um, vulnerable and insightful and just really real and raw, but it was also done with one of my dearest, closest, sweetest friends, Lauren Sims. I so appreciated her taking the time to come on the podcast and talk about her journey um, as a mom, as an influencer, with fertility, with body image, her struggles through all of that, the highs and the lows, and she really just was open with me. And I am so excited that we were able to have this conversation because I don't think it's something that enough people talk about. And I think it can be something that can be really isolating, even if you are just struggling with your body image, but also especially when it comes to infertility. So I loved doing this episode while it was also still really real and hard to hear someone that I love so much going through this. But I really hope that listening to this episode maybe helps you navigate this if you're struggling similarly or if you know someone who's struggling. So I'm so excited to introduce y'all to Lauren. She is an amazing, talented blogger and influencer in Dallas, Texas, is always sharing incredible and fun outfits and travels and workouts and spiritual inspiration and her faith. She just is really real and relatable. And I can assure you that the person that you see when you follow her is truly who she is. She's an incredible soul. And I can't wait for y'all to hear this episode. So let's go ahead and jump right on in. Hello, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited to be here too. Yay. Well, I've kind of already introduced you to everybody so they have a good sense of who you are, but I really am excited for our conversation because I think something that you've been talking about more lately is your journey with your body and fitness and infertility, and I really felt like there were a lot of people that could probably really relate or learn from your experience or have their eyes opened if they've never experienced something like that, so I really appreciate you kind of being willing to come on and talk about that. Cause I know it's probably kind of like sensitive and very emotional in some ways. It's not like this super like lighthearted, easy yeah. conversation always, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the most personal topic I think I've ever chatted about. Yeah, for real. No, I really, really appreciate that. And I think the, you know, I think it's really interesting. Like you have a job that is really, really public because that's kind of like everybody wants to see your life and wants to know these things. And I would love to know how you've kind of navigated that over the years and how you decide what you share and how much you share. And are there times that you feel like you're obviously, I'm sure you're really like thankful for that community, but are there other times where it's really hard to have something that's so reliant on what you share and how much you share? Yeah, honestly, it's something I feel like I'm still learning more and more about, like even today, I feel like I'm learning more about this every single day. And I do think that there, I've noticed there's like a few different types of like influencers or people you follow. Like there's people that keep it strictly business Mm -hmm. and they just kind of share business things. And then there's people that literally share everything. And yeah, I feel like over the past several years, I've kind of wavered back and forth between those two things. And I think 2020 was such 
a tough year to be on the internet for everybody. Mm -hmm. But after 2020, I kind of swung to this other end of like, okay, I don't want to share anything personal. I just Mm -hmm. want to share clothes, fitness, beauty. That's it. Nothing personal because I don't want to open myself up to people's opinions. And yeah, it's kind of where I would like been for a while. And honestly, I know every like influencer is so different, but for me, that left me feeling so uninspired, Mm -hmm. so not excited to get on Instagram or to blog or anything because I was like, yeah, I like clothes, but like, that's not all that's going on right now. Like we're going through infertility or I'm struggling with my body or I'm struggling with all these things. And like, and it feels very strange to me to get on Instagram and just be like, Hey, here, this shirt's on sale. (laughs) So yeah, it's definitely like a balance. Something I've learned a lot um, through like fertility and then also through like becoming a mom. I feel like the balance really is like my first priority is for sure to like protect my family and to respect their privacy and to just take care of them. And then beyond that, like I do feel called to this job because I want to encourage and inspire women. And I think the way you do that is through sharing like the ugly parts of life too. And the parts that aren't like a pregnancy announcement or I'm engaged or whatever, but it's like, we're at yet another doctor's appointment with still no answers. And I think like it's sharing those things that really does make people feel like less alone or they feel more encouraged. And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm learning the balance, but I'm also learning that like, I personally feel way more freedom, way more inspiration when I'm just more like raw and vulnerable and here's what's going on. Yeah. But I, I really, I love that because I think that that's something, you know, I've talked to previous guests about, you know, their struggles with social media. And I think a lot of people can struggle with that comparison trap that is so common because a lot of the times it does seem and feel very much so like a highlight reel for a lot of people. But I do think to your point that it's this hard line, right? Because you're not obligated, nor should you feel required to talk about the real stuff and the hard stuff. Like, that is a space where you get to decide how much you want to share and you have every right to do that. But then I think there is also this necessity of being real so that people also don't assume that nothing bad happens and everything is perfect. So it seems like there's always this kind of tension between, you know, being real and also doing your job and doing your job well and in the way that you feel called to do it. So I'm sure that, that is something that will always be changing and kind of flowing depending on the seasons that you're in and how you're feeling about everything too. But I appreciate that you do feel like that is an important part to your business. Cause I think, you know, people love you and love getting to know you, but then because you have so many people that you get to impact, I think it makes a big difference to people to see that they're maybe not alone or that someone whose life might seem really I'll put in quotes people can't see, but like easy and like how hard is it to take a picture in the mirror? Like people want to sum it up to this simplistic thing and really like I know how hard you work and I also know like that everything isn't always perfect as you've been a lot more vulnerable and sharing. So I'm sure like I myself appreciate people like you and I think that your kind of followers and community do for sure as well. So I think that's honestly really amazing. Um, but I know that something that you and I've talked a lot about is sort of like both of our sort of fitness journey and relationship with our body. And it's something that like you and I have chatted about, but I know that you've had your struggles there, like many, many women. So when it comes to your relationship with your body and fitness, how has that journey kind of 
looked like for you? And how do you even feel like your job has somehow or has some kind of sometimes shaped your body struggles? Gosh. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's a loaded question, right? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and again, it's something that I feel like honestly is so fresh on my mind and like a journey I'm walking through right now. Like before this um, phone call, I had like a Zoom session with my nutritionist who's mm-hmm. been helping me a lot with like body image and all of that. Um, so yeah, my journey with it has been so, gosh, I guess like just the short version, basically, like I've always worked in fashion and like you and I worked in fashion together. And I feel like I've always kind of been in an industry where like being thin is definitely praised. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm definitely like a type A perfectionist, three Enneagram achiever type of person. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of have just seen of like, oh yeah, being thin is like something I can do. Like Mm -hmm. I can work out, I can eat this way. I know how to do it. I can be thin. Mm -hmm. And like in my industry I've been in, whether it was like working in the fashion industry in New York or um, my like corporate job or now even with blogging, it's something that's always been praised. Like Mm -hmm. it's always something that's been a really good thing. Um, and in my mind, it was never something that I was just like, oh yeah, I'm being super unhealthy to be this way. It was kind of just like, oh yeah, I like, that's priority to me. Like I want to work out. I want to be thin. It's something that I want. Um, and yeah, it hasn't been until, which I feel like it's such I don't know, a blessing in disguise in a sense, like with our fertility journey, um, I've been, we've been like really looking into just like root causes and what's Mm -hmm. going on and like how much stress can really affect your body when it comes to fertility and Mm -hmm. stress comes from a lot of different things. And obviously one of those things is exercise, like exercise is a lot of stress on your body. And so um, in the past six months, probably I've really changed my exercise routine to be less stress on my body. Mm -hmm. And Um, I've worked out, I've enjoyed working out for years and years and years now. And typically I would always like, I love to run. I love to do spin classes. I love to do like anything cardio related. I really enjoyed. And now in the last like six months, I've tried to make like a pretty big change to that because it's a lot of stress on your body. And like, we're trying to have a baby and we're struggling with trying to have a baby. And to be honest, like making those changes at first scared the heck out of me. I just thought like, what is going to happen if I'm not doing cardio all the time? How, what, how's my body going to change? And it was, it was scary. But at the same time, I felt like if that's something that scares me, if I'm afraid to let it go, like, I think that's worth examining Mm. what is at the root of that and what am I really holding on to so deeply here? And so yeah, my journey has kind of been like in the last six or so months, I've gone from doing like six days a week of cardio to like one day a week of cardio and doing yoga and strength training. And in the beginning, it was so tough. And I felt like I noticed like, oh my gosh, my body's changing and doesn't look like it used to or whatever. Um, But just through those changes, like also finding so much freedom and feeling Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm not doing this in a way now to control what my body looks like. Like I'm moving in a way that gives me energy, that helps me to feel stronger, that helps me feel great about myself, but not in a way that's like, I need to do this to look a certain way. And it's definitely been a journey. And um, I have noticed and seen like my body changing a lot over the last few months, kind of in changing that exercise routine. Yeah, And it hasn't always been easy, but it's been something that has like, 
really made me evaluate like where am I where am I really putting my hope and my security? Is it in what size my jeans say? And like now that that size is kind of changing, where's my security now? And so it's definitely a journey and like something that, like I said, I'm like meeting with a nutritionist to talk about it. I've been like reading more books on body image um, and it's tough, but at the same time, like doing the work and kind of changing my exercise routine or leaning into those things that scared me before has brought so much freedom. Um, And it's been, I'm so thankful for it, even if it hasn't been easy. Yeah, no, I think that that's really wonderful. And something kind of that you said a little bit ago is that, you know, you got a lot of affirmations and compliments and like people affirming your behavior or your body or whatever. And I think culturally, like that is something that we do. Like the easiest compliment is like, oh my gosh, you look like you've lost weight. Oh my gosh, you look so thin. But we don't really realize the ties that come with that, the pressure that comes with that, the stigma that comes with that. I think that so many people get stuck in this fixation of like appearance-based compliments or appearance-based goals and not really realizing that like, to your point, yes, exercise is stress on your body. That's going to increase your cortisol levels. If you have too high of cortisol levels, there are a lot of things that happen in your body that are not always good. You know, like anxiety increases your cortisol levels from like working out does. And so it's interesting how much we, how many people don't realize how much that's connected and how much stress on your body from working out, which is a good thing, can also sometimes not always be as beneficial as we've been told or as we've kind of been led to believe. And it, I think it's something that each person has to learn in their own way and in a different way. So as you've transitioned kind of your training routine, do you feel like there's anything that you've really like learned about yourself through that process specifically, like, or found like within yourself that's kind of changed you or opened your eyes to kind of that transition? Yeah. Uh, gosh, there's been a lot. One thing that has been really helpful for me is um, through this process, like I, I noticed certain habits that I had before that like I never really thought were unhealthy. And a lot of it, like obviously, you know, it's kind of like no one's to blame but yourself type of thing. But at the same time, like a lot of it is our culture and the things our culture yeah. tells us as that are so healthy that I'm like, wait, that's kind of not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um Like, I feel like before, for example, I sort of had this mentality of like, I like, I'm not afraid of foods. I eat everything. I eat cheesecake. I eat ice cream. Like, I'm not afraid to eat unhealthy. And I did. I totally did. I still do. I like, you know, I love desserts. I love cheesecake. But I noticed this correlation in my mind of like, oh, if I'm going to have cheesecake tonight, like maybe for my workout today, I'm going to do a cardio workout. I'm going to do a Peloton ride, or maybe I'll run six miles, blah, 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 because I know I'm going to have cheesecake tonight or something. And now one of the most freeing parts of this journey has been like breaking that correlation completely, like regardless of what I'm eating today or not eating today or whatever, like, gosh, it's been so freeing to just tune into my body and saying like, what is my body saying sounds really nice today. And sometimes it's a walk around our neighborhood. Sometimes it is like getting on my Peloton bike and doing a ride. Sometimes it's a yoga class, but separating out like that tie between like, oh, I'm going to have cheesecake tonight, or I had these margaritas last night or whatever. Therefore I need to do this and learning to just see exercises like 
movement, something that's beautiful for your body, that's helpful, mm-hmm. has been so freeing. And I like, and I just thought before when I would think of it that way, like, oh, well, we had ice cream and cheesecake last night. So maybe in the morning I'll do a Peloton ride. And I didn't think anything about it. I was like, yeah. what? That's normal. Like everyone thinks of exercise that way. <laughs> oh, I feel better about it because I exercise or whatever. And I'm like seeing how unhealthy that is and how much pressure it puts on your body. Um, So yeah, I feel like in this journey of like transitioning as like, I don't know, I felt like personally, I was like, oh, it sounds so like woo woo to be like, oh, what sounds nice to your body right now? But when I wake up in the mornings, instead of just being like, okay, it's Monday, that means I do Peloton. It's Tuesday, that means I run. Waking up in the morning and saying like, how does my body feel? How did I sleep last night? Did I not really get a lot of sleep? Maybe I'll just go for a walk today. Um, And just listening to my body and like honoring my body in a way of knowing like, and my body will find its happy place regardless. Like it doesn't need me to be like telling it I have to do cardio or I have to do whatever in order to like look or be a certain way. It's more like, how is my body feeling today? I'm going to honor that. And then your body will adapt and do what it needs to do. So that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, that, you know, to your point, I think, again, it goes back to what we've been told so consistently within our culture, right? It's so common to hear like, in a class, hey, guys, you know, let's work really hard, because I know y'all are all headed to brunch after this. And it unintentionally ties the fact that you're doing this workout to that now you've earned brunch. And it's like, okay, well, what if you didn't do the workout? Are you still allowed to have brunch? Or, you know, what if you only went on a walk? Can you have brunch, like all of these things, like we don't realize how pervasive and subtle these beliefs are. And I don't think that you're alone at all in thinking this way, right? Like there's this idea of balance. And for some people, the idea of balance is like, I did cardio, I can eat cheesecake, but that's not really balance, right? That's kind of checks and balances and trying to earn behavior. And that doesn't mean you can't do both of those things. But to your point, your intention behind doing those things is really important. And I think that that's what seems to be one of the things that you've really learned and seen within yourself is like, why am I wanting to go have like a Peloton ride? Or why am I wanting to eat or not eat this certain thing? And by asking those questions, you can start to see how much maybe culturally is shaping your decisions versus internally. And I think a lot of people don't know how to connect with themselves anymore because we've kind of relied on diet programs or we've relied on other people telling us, this is how you should work out and be healthy. And we don't even know what we actually want or need and are too afraid to probably take a step back and figure it out because it feels probably really overwhelming to people. It can feel so overwhelming. And that's why I am so thankful that like I have been meeting with a registered dietitian because I didn't realize like part of my, yeah, I feel like she would be fine with me sharing this because she's shared it, but I have an older sister who is diagnosed with an eating disorder and she's been in recovery for years now and she's Mm -hmm. incredible. Like she's so strong and I look up to her so, so much. Um, But yeah, part of my journey with like my own food and body image stuff was always kind of like looking sort of at her issues and knowing like, oh, I don't have those issues. Like I'm not doing anything like that. I don't skip meals. I don't like, I'm not doing anything like that. It's like, I'm completely fine. And I think I didn't realize until I met with a dietitian how much our culture was messed, was telling, how much I was letting our culture dictate how I was eating. And so I feel like there's times when like I would be on Instagram and see someone was eating 
an egg white omelet with veggies. And so then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so I'm, I'll get an egg white omelet now. And instead now I'm like, but why? Like, why was I, why would I get egg whites? Eggs are so good for you. Or like for me and my body, like my body loves a whole egg. Why am I getting egg whites? And I think I didn't realize between Instagram or being in the fashion industry in New York. And I remember like on lunch breaks, people would literally just like get out basically a bag of spinach and put tomatoes in it. And that was their lunch. And I was like, okay, so that's what my lunch needs to be. And I just didn't realize how, I don't know how affected my brain had been by all of that until I was like meeting with a professional and like, she was able to tell me like, actually, yeah, you, you need carbs in your diet. Here's, this is a good thing. These foods are a good thing. It's good to have pizza. It's good for whatever. And I think I just hadn't realized like, wow, my brain had been so affected. And I thought like, oh, I don't do crash diets. I don't do anything like that, but just our culture and saying like egg whites and this, butter that's not actually butter and like fat free everything. And then now it hasn't been until the last in this fertility journey that I've looked back at things and saying, but why? Like why not the whole egg? Yeah. So it's been it's been so helpful. No, I really do like that. If if anybody takes anything else away from this episode only, especially around this type of topic, is to like ask yourself why. Like, why are you driving yourself to do things and to truly sit in that? Because I think that it's easy to kind of toy with asking that question, but it gets a little uncomfortable or you just accept a surface answer. Like, I just want to be healthy. Well, why do you believe that like having a whole egg isn't healthy? Like it is for most people, you know, or why do you believe omitting this or whatever isn't healthy? And I think that if you can ask yourself why and get down to the root of it, for many people, it's much, much deeper than this simplistic idea of I'm just trying to be healthy, you know, and it's also much deeper than I just want to be thin. There's something that you're typically craving through that desire of thinness. It's just being, you know, packaged in that way. And something else you're kind of saying that I've tried to make a distinction of with my clients or within programs that I have is like, there's a difference between like eating disorders and disordered behavior. And I think that a lot of people within our culture, myself included for a long time, lived a very disordered life without ever clinically having an eating disorder. And I think that Mm -hmm. those types of fixations or, you know, omissions of things or substitutions of things, like, again, depending on the root reason, but are more of an indication of disordered behavior that is typically very praised, right? It's, it's what most people compliment on social media or what most people want to like learn the secret to do too. So it's really hard to almost, it feels counterculture to go the opposite direction and to dismiss some of those things or to not feel so fixated on some of those things, especially because we've been told like, this is what healthy looks like. This is what being healthy means when you step back and you're like, I don't know if that's actually the truth of it all, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I know we kind of wanted to chat about that you've really, you already mentioned some, and I think that I have seen you become so much more open about is y'all's fertility journey. And I would love to kind of know how you feel like this is sort of, we've touched on it a bit, how you've already started to change your relationship kind of to fitness and stuff. But how do you feel like this has changed you as a person, you know, not only in regards to your body, but also you've talked about kind of in regards to your faith and stuff too. What has that looked like? 
Yeah. Gosh, it's been like, it's one of those things that you feel like you're on this journey. I'm like, wow, I wouldn't like wish this on anyone because it's been so hard. But at the same time, I do feel so incredibly thankful that I feel like it has, it's changed my life. Like this journey has changed my life. It's changed my relationship with my body, my relationship with the Lord. Like it's been, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. Um, I feel like, yeah, when it comes to just like my walk with the Lord, I think that my whole life, I feel like I've been so blessed and so fortunate that I'm like, wow, even when I look back, I can't say like, oh, I had this tragedy happen. Like I've had a pretty easy, blessed life for the Mm -hmm. past 30 years. And still, I still do now for sure. Um, But I feel like you can kind of hear about like, oh yeah, even when like things are hard, God is good. And it's easy to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you're actually going through things. And so now that we've been going through infertility, it really has been one of those moments of like, okay, when the rubber meets the road though, and you know, like, this wasn't my plan. Like this was not my plan. I wanted four children all two years apart. And now here I am with like, I have one kid, two and a half years old. We're still not pregnant. This wasn't my plan. Um, but coming to the terms with like, but at the end of the day, like I know God's got this, like he's Mm -hmm. sovereign over this. He sees our future. He has a plan and I can trust that. And when I look back on the rest of my life, I can see like, he has been faithful. He is so good. And he has a plan, even though it's not my plan. And so it's been, it's definitely been something that's like tested my faith more than anything. Um, but in a way that I'm so thankful for, um, and at the same time, like it's, yeah, I've, I've definitely had moments where I don't just like sit there and pray like, Oh God, you're good. Thank you. I love you. I've had moments where I'm like, I'm so upset right now. I'm so confused. Why wouldn't you allow this test to be positive right now? Or why would you not allow that IUI to work? And I've had moments where I'm just like almost angry, pouring my heart out to God. Um, but I think like he wants us to do that. He wants us to come to him with those things instead of just like, Oh, I'm just going to mask it and put a bandaid on it. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey that I feel like I've learned to just be totally raw and real with the Lord and be like, I'm so disappointed right now. Or like when I feel like friend after friend, sister, family telling me that they're pregnant and I just feel like this slight dagger in my heart every time I hear it, but knowing like, but God's got a plan. Like he, he has a plan and what's challenging honestly is I feel like people think like, oh, this is a hard season, but like eventually like the Lord will bring you to your promised land. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's another baby. Like that's not guaranteed for us. Even if we do IVF, even if whatever, like that's not guaranteed. That's not my promised land. And so this journey has really taught me like, do I really want the Lord more than anything else? Um, More than a baby, more than anything. And do I trust him more than anything else? So it's been it's been really great. And I feel like if there's seasons in my life where like, I don't necessarily get up and spend time in the word every single day. And since going through all this infertility stuff, I've been like, no, I have to, I have to start my day in the Bible, praying journaling every single day. Like I need him. I absolutely need him. And I'm so, I'm thankful for that. I feel like when you go through seasons where it's just like, everything's great. Then like, it's kind of easy to sort of just be like, Oh, I'm doing this all on my own. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I wake up every morning, like, God, I can't wait to spend time with you because I need you so badly right now. Yeah. So yeah, that part about it has been, I've been really thankful for. Um, 
And in a weird way, like people talk about how like infertility is so hard on your marriage. And I definitely can see that. But at the same time, it's been something that for my husband, Michael and I, um, it's been something I feel like that's almost brought us closer because we know Mm -hmm. like we're praying for the same things. Like we pray for it together. We pray for it with Shiloh. Like um, when he's up in the morning reading his Bible, like I know it's something that like we're both seeking the Lord for. And so, and also just trying to like support each other as best we can. So yeah, there's been things about marriage that's been really sweet with it too. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, with my relationship with my body, it's just kind of turned that all completely upside down. And it's really shown me like, wow, where I previously really put stock in being a certain size or being a certain weight and have had to learn to like let that go um, has been such a scary thing, but also brought like more freedom than I ever could have imagined. And if we weren't going through this journey, like I don't know that I would have gotten there. So yeah, that's a really long answer, but <laughs> I love it. No, I think that that you kind of already you answered another question I kind of had where like just some of the ahas and learnings that you've had through this season in general. And I think that it's again, it it's like almost the hallmark answer, not in what you said, but it's like the expectation that like these are all the good things that I learned through a really hard season. And that's what you hope, right? You hope that in hard and dark seasons that there is good, that there is the silver lining if you're being willing to like look for it and be open to it. But I also think I appreciate you being honest and being like, but it's also really hard. And it's also like not something that every single day I'm like, it's okay. God's got it. Because even if, as we believe that to your point, that does not mean that there's a baby at the end of that. And I think that that is a very like real truth, but also just sad, you know? And I think that that's something that again, is sort of this dichotomy of like our faith in general is like, you can believe God is good and things will not always work out how you want them to, especially in the timing that you want them to and continuing to have that trust and belief in something bigger and greater than yourself, which again, is a lot easier said than done. And kind of like you said earlier, when the rubber meets the road, like, what do you actually believe? And like, how do you actually feel about all of these things? Yeah. And I think something else I've learned through it, I feel like when I'm just like constantly praying, like, God, please give us another baby, give us another baby over and over and over. And I feel like in my mind, it's all I can think about. And obviously, like when you're going through it, especially as a woman, like it's all encompassing. Literally, it's your life. It's like your body, what's happening with your body. And so it's hard to escape it. But it's something I've realized like that the Lord has shown me, yes, that's a good thing to pray for and continue to ask the Lord for that. Like when you're going through hard seasons or like trials or whatever it is, it's so easy to get so fixated on that one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think like I had this moment once we like moved into our new house end of April, I guess, where I was like praying for that over and over. And I felt like the Lord was just telling me, Lauren, open your eyes to your life. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's so easy to get our minds so fixed. Like, but I don't have this one thing like, Oh, but we're not pregnant. We're not whatever. And I've really been trying like, yes, of course we want a baby. And I pray it happens so quickly, but the Lord has been so good to us. Like, I'm so thankful for obviously for Shiloh and the miracle that she is, but like our house and my job and like, we have so much to be thankful for. And I think it's really tempting when you're going through hard seasons, whether it's infertility or a breakup or your marriage is falling apart or like whatever it is, obviously, or you you have some disease like there's some hard things you can walk through Mm -hmm. and I've learned like that there's so much like 
I don't know, joy or like peace and just kind of opening up your eyes to the rest of your life. Like, okay, yes, this is going on, but it's not my whole life. And like, there's other really beautiful things happening right now. And I think it's just like, it it helps. It's really so much joy. Well, and I, I feel like that is something that to your point, all of us can get trapped in, right? Like we can all get trapped in like this idea that, well, if I just had this, then I would be happy. If I just had blank. The reality is, is like one, no one has all those things, even if they are perceived to, right? Like, and the reality is, and even if they do have a lot of those things that they, you think you want, doesn't automatically mean that they're happy, right? Like we can assume that the smaller body get makes us happier, but there are a lot of small body people that are not very happy. We can assume that the more money or the child or whatever will make us happier. There are a lot of people living those exact lives that are not happier. And so I think being able to reframe your perspective about like what is truly important to you and like where your joy comes from and where you're going to kind of find like that peace in your life and that contentment in your life. That's something that, you know, I feel like even in LA, like my life looks super different than a lot of my friends in Texas, right? We're still renting. We don't have kids. Like there's, it looks, I think I've had to like reframe the expectations of what I thought my life would look like in my thirties. And finding joy and contentment in this season compared to what I thought it might look like or what friends of mine seasons look like and stuff. So I think for a lot of people, that's a really good nugget of wisdom of just like, you can always assume that the next thing will make you happier and you just probably won't. It might make you happier in some ways, but it doesn't mean it's going to fix everything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What do you think? I think this is something I, you know, I'm learning I feel like there is a lot of like confusion and kind of misconceptions around, you know, infertility and fitness and wellness and all of that in general. What do you feel like have been some of the biggest misconceptions that you've seen that people have or that they might be surprised by or that like you yourself kind of have had and have learned differently through this process? I think like one with infertility even like when we've seen different doctors and stuff, I feel like doctors have looked at both me and Michael and been like, wow, you're both so healthy. Like you're both so healthy. I'm, I'm so, I'm surprised that you're here or whatever. Like, I can't believe you guys are having issues. You're both so healthy. And I think like something that's like surprised me, I guess, with infertility is like, I mean, it's so complex. There's so much that goes into it. And it's insane to me now that we're going through it. I'm like that people can get pregnant on accident. Like, because there's so many things that have to like align perfectly and blah, blah, blah. And so something, yeah, that I feel like with infertility that I've been surprised by is like, it's so complex and you can't just look at someone and think like, oh, you're both healthy. Mm-hmm. Like it's so complex. And I feel like even now that we're seeing another doctor who I'm so thankful for, because I feel like he's been so thorough to really say, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that like with fertility and having a baby Gosh, I think these like two misconceptions are kind of like polarizing, but one is either if you see someone who's like healthy and active and they work out and blah, 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 you just think like, oh, they won't have any issues. They're healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not the case because fertility is so whatever. But honestly, the other thing that like I was really nervous to ever share about our infertility journey because I thought I felt like people are going to judge me. They're going to think it's because it's my fault. They're going to think it's because 
I'm too skinny and I don't want to open myself up to that level of hate from people. Um, so honestly, like I didn't want to share for a long time because I was worried that people would say it was my fault and yada, yada. And obviously through all these tests and doctor's appointments, like we're seeing, there's a lot going on here with both me and Michael. And so I have even caught myself, honestly, when like other people I know who are going through infertility, almost wanting to judge and thinking like, oh, it's probably because she da 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 da. Um, So yeah, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to infertility, if it's like you, if it's yourself that's going through it or your friend or something, but to always approach it with just grace and just knowing like our bodies are such a mystery. There's so much going on. Um, Yeah. And so I think that honestly, um, just people's misconceptions of either thinking like, oh yeah, they're healthy. Can't believe they're having issues or like, oh, of course they're having issues because she's da, 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 da. And making your assessments based off kind of like what someone looks like. It's so, it's really sad. It's really, really sad. Um, And through all the testing we've done, whether it's through doctors, nutritionists, blood tests, Dutch panels, whatever it is, I'm learning, especially as a woman, like our bodies are so complex, mm-hmm. our hormones, stress, all of these things, like there's so much that plays into it. Um, so something now I've like been so thankful that through this process, I've been like, wow, women should really get their hormones checked. <laughs> like we should really be like working with people like this, even if you're not struggling with infertility. And I think we kind of just don't. Um, we're kind of just like, oh, I'm just kind of on birth control and not thinking about her. I'm whatever. And so, yeah, if anything, I'm like, wow, it feels so much more just like aware of my body in tune to my, with my body and what's going on. Um, so that part about the process, I've been really thankful for. And I think like women don't really look into that enough. No, they, I mean, genuinely, to be completely honest, until more people in my life as of late have struggled with infertility, never even like crossed my mind to look into my hormones or anything. And TJ and I planned on waiting a while to have kids. Like I was in no rush. And that was something that it never even crossed my mind to be like, well, let's just make sure. Cause I think you almost assume like, I guess we'll know when we try, if it's going to be hard or not versus like, there is absolutely, yes, that is a good indication in some ways, but like there's definitely blood work and tests and things that you can do that give you a decent idea of just where you're at. And you can make educated decisions around waiting or not waiting or your own fertility. And I think that that's something that we haven't been very like empowered to do. And I genuinely don't feel like that would be something that I knew was an option for me until lately. And I myself have started looking into it because it's like, I have questions. I want to know like what my odds are and if there are things that I need to be looking into or questions I need to be asking. But it makes me, to your point, kind of like what you're saying, it is kind of wild that people can get pregnant accidentally because of how complicated it seems to be when you start looking into it and talking about it and learning about it for sure. I feel like it's just... To your point, I think people could really learn from not judging a situation or a person based on what they're just seeing of them physically or through a handful of photos on social media or anything like that. You don't, yeah, you can't predict someone's melt like health, marriage, life, anything by those photos or yeah. following someone, I guess, unless they choose to actually share that yeah. truthfully. And I think with like infertility, obviously, like if you find out like, oh, wow, we're struggling to get pregnant, then clearly, you know, like something must be Mm -hmm. wrong. It's either on 
your side or your husband's side or both, but I think there's so many other like indicators of your health Mm -hmm. before then that you can start like taking into consideration Mm -hmm. before you ever even want a baby. Like what are your cycles like? Mm -hmm. What's your sleep like? What's your stress like? What's your anxiety like? All of these things. What's your digestion like? Like all these things that could be other indicators of like maybe something's going on here. And I think there's, and I wish that like, years ago, I would have kind of started like looking at other indicators like that being like, hold on, I think something might be a little off, not just it's like, wait, we can't have a baby. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's something that is helpful to like, just kind of look at your overall health and say like, is this something that I should probably look into before I start trying to have a baby? Like something else could be going on and just like, I don't know, honoring your body that way instead of just like, oh yeah, I honor my body by like, doing yoga and taking baths, which obviously those things are great too. But through this process, I'm like, women have got to like start being super in tune with their body and what's going on. It's so important, not just for fertility, but like for your life, you know? Yeah. I think that's, you know, something I've talked about and shared some are like my struggles with like my digestion over my whole life. And I've run numerous tests that have all basically said like, you're fine. Everything looks pretty good. And it's like, no, no, something is wrong because this can't be normal. And I think the hard part is a lot of us have accepted that it's normal. Whatever you're experiencing is just normal. And you might just be someone who has to deal with blank. And if you accept that, then it can lead to worse things. Or you can like live in a way that isn't optimal or ideal for you in the long run. And I think to your point, feeling empowered about your own health and being like, okay, no, like, that answer of like, now everything looks good. You should be fine. Just like you going into a doctor and then being like, you both look healthy. I am so surprised. And it's like, okay, I know from that surface level. Yeah. But there's so much more going on and here's all my symptoms. Like clearly this is not how my body was built to live. And I think that like, we have to trust ourselves in that way sometimes and be our own best advocate because there's bias in the health industry, obviously. And which is why like, I know y'all have been trying to even find like a fertility doctor that you connect with and that you click with, like somebody that you really trust. I think everyone should do that for themselves. Find somebody that they trust who they feel like will be a good advocate with and for them on that journey. I think also something that's been helpful is like in working with this nutritionist that as someone who's very type A and like black and white that I got to this point of our journey, like we decided to kind of take a break from fertility doctors and just try naturally. And I was going to meet with nutritionists and kind of got to the end of it, not at the end, but like we said, we're going to give it a certain amount of time. And I was like, well, here we are still not pregnant and just kind of feeling like, well, we failed. Like I'm not pregnant. This was my fault. Like I didn't do enough. I didn't do good enough. I didn't whatever. Um, And something that has been really helpful through meeting with her is she was just saying, I think it would be so sad to get to the end of this journey and just think like you failed because like you're not pregnant naturally yet but instead to look like all of these changes that we made to really take care of your health like your hormones and all these things that now like I'm sleeping better at night than I've ever slept before my anxiety is significantly less than it's ever been before my like addiction to cardio exercise is gone I'm now like we'll eat pizza without feeling like guilty about it. Like all of the freedoms I've now found through taking care of my like physical, mental, emotional health while trying to get pregnant has been huge. And so, yeah, like at this point we're not pregnant right now, but because I like found someone who 
cared more about like my overall health and well-being than just like, okay, let's just get pregnant because I've had that support. It has been just like such a cool thing to see, okay, we might not be pregnant yet, but here's all these other amazing areas I've experienced healing and freedom and like, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. And so since we like decided to take a break from our fertility treatments at the beginning of 2021, um, to try and like get pregnant naturally and like, we're not pregnant naturally, but at the same time, I'm so happy that I did it because I worked with someone that wasn't just like, Oh, you want to have a baby? Let's do IVF. She said, Oh, you're having issues having a baby. Let's look at what's going on. And like really dug so much deeper. And at the end of the day, like has brought me more freedom than I ever think I would have found if I just like got pregnant, you know? Yeah. No, I think that that's something that I think has, it seems like it's taken some good like self-reflection and like loving walking of somebody to kind of show you like, these are the things that we're seeing. These are the things that we can learn and take away from it. And I really like her perspective um, of saying like, it would be such a bummer to get to the end of this and think that you had failed. And I think that probably a lot of women feel similarly. We feel like we're so often told your body is built to have babies and wants to have babies. And like, this is the best thing you can do as a woman is to be a mom and create life. And that's a lot of pressure, especially for people who might not want to be moms or people who do struggle to get pregnant, to believe that so much of our identity as women is also wrapped up in our identity to get pregnant, get pregnant easily and carry children. And I think that that's also some like kind of a stigma that we have to fight through. Cause a few times you've kind of said like, you know, like feeling like I had failed, like that it was my fault. And I'm sure that a lot of people feel that, but just like you've learned, like there's so much out of your control, right? Like you didn't intentionally do anything and the things that you have learned that you could fix or shift, you have. And I think that that is really important to acknowledge and also important to acknowledge that there's a lot out of any of our control that doesn't make any of it your fault or your spouse's fault or anything like that, even if there are factors from both, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have any, I feel like like you've given a lot of great insights and stuff so far, but do you have any specific like advice for women who might be struggling with fertility similarly, or maybe who have been struggling with their body similarly to you or have had kind of a similar journey? Is there anything that you would kind of want to share or advice that you want to give? Yeah, I think with body image and going through that journey, um, something that has been like the biggest, it's like simple, but the biggest like nugget of wisdom that someone told me that I've like kept with myself. Um, I was chatting with her a few weeks ago about like, obviously my job is very public and I take pictures of myself all the time and have to look at these pictures. And so I was telling her like, yeah, it was hard. I was looking at these pictures and I didn't like how my body looked. I didn't like how I looked in clothes. I didn't like the pictures and it was hard. I feel like for years now I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, I like how I look in these pictures. I like how I look in these clothes. I was like, and recently I don't, I really don't. Um, and it was hard and like something that she told me and I thought was helpful. She's like, okay, instead of looking at your body and saying like, oh yeah, I like how I look. Instead of that, can you honor your body? Can you honor it? And like maybe having healthy body image doesn't mean we like how our body looks all the time, but instead you're honoring your body for what it can do and what it does do for whether it is like for 
running, for being a mom, for like, I don't know, serving your family, all the things that your body does every single day. Can you honor that? And knowing that that is so much deeper than just liking how your body looks because that changes and that's, it ebbs and flows. And we have different seasons of life where we're pregnant or we're postpartum or we're on vacation and gain 10 pounds or like whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, it can be such a, um, a scary place to be like when you're staking your happiness or your security on liking your body and instead learning to just honor your body. Um, and remembering that like what God made is good. He only makes good things. He made your body and it's good, not because it's skinny and not because it's a certain weight or a certain size, but just because he made it good. Um, and you don't have to control anything for that to be true has been like the biggest thing that's still, I mean, every day I tell myself that because I think, every, I, I think until like we die, there's not going to be a day that like body image is not a hard thing for most women. So that's been something that's been really helpful for me. No, I think that that kind of insight is a really good reminder and something that I typically like coin as body neutrality to where you're, you're, you don't have to love it, but the idea is to not hate it. So if you can feel neutral about your body, then that means it's not going to affect maybe how you choose to show up one day or how you wear an outfit or whatever, because at the end of the day, like you feel neutral about your body. It just is, it's just a body, you know? And that at least, I think for a lot of people can feel really overwhelming to think about loving their body when there are lots of parts of their body they really don't like. And so I think to your point, can you honor the things that it does for you? And can you just find more neutrality and take away some of that hate, take away some of that power and fear that, a negative body image can really keep us kind of trapped in. Um, So I feel like this kind of leads in a little bit, but obviously like I love talking about worthiness and helping women feel more worthy within their lives and their health and their bodies. And what has, when it comes to that search for worthiness, what does that kind of mean for you or look like for you? I really think it's been reminding myself that, who I am is so much greater than what size my jeans say. Um, and I think for the longest time, I really put so much security and like peace and knowing like, oh, well, I'm I'm a size zero. So I feel safe and I feel secure and I feel whatever. And um, yeah, I think like my worthiness and just that whole journey has been like a daily reminder of like, who I am to my husband, who I am to Shiloh, who I am to my friends has absolutely nothing to do with what size I'm wearing, with what I look like. It's so much greater than that. Um, And so I think remembering that and like also just like focusing on the things that truly like bring me so much joy in life. And I think as women, it's so tempting to get so fixated on what size we are, what we're eating, what we're not eating. How do we eat that day? Do we do good? Do we do bad or whatever? And forcing myself to like, just lift up my eyes to bigger things and see like this world is so much bigger and more beautiful than that. And how sad would it be if like we daily condense our worlds to what size we are? Um, and so I think it's kind of like coupled with both those things. One is like reminding myself who I am is so much more than what size I am. But then also just like what we have in this life is so much better than 
what we're eating that day or not eating that day. Um, and yeah, I think just like daily telling myself to like look up because like there's so much, there's so much mm, more to life. I think that that's really beautiful, Lauren. I feel like that's such a good reminder. And a lot of us can get caught just like looking, you know, I'll go with this analogy, looking down and looking like within our space, within yeah. what's within ourselves, within what's just right around us and get really focused or fixated on like exactly what we're making or exactly what we're looking like or the relationship we're in or not in or the house we do or don't have. And it's like, if you can like look up and look around you and see that truly there is just so much more to this world and to who we are as people than those things that we put a lot of pressure and stock in. And I think surrounding yourself with people and reminders that lift you out of that and remind you that like who you are is already valuable and amazing without any of those things. And that this world is not asking you to be those things in the long run, you know, like they want your heart and your spirit and your mind and those types of things and putting more energy and effort into the bigger picture than into these like really small focused, tangible things that keep us, I think playing really small and also can keep people feeling really held back if it doesn't feel in quotes, perfect or aligned with what they think life should be. So I feel like that's a really good and helpful reminder for people. And I think that so much of what you have shared has just been really encouraging and, you know, has, I've learned more. And I think that your vulnerability, I truly do believe that like, it is such a beautiful thing, your willingness to share that and to talk about that. Cause I think again, with such a public job, people also are happy to make assumptions and never ask questions or never learn. And I think that your willingness to be like, look, like I'm a human and I struggle with things and this is my life and this is who I am. And I think that that is just, I really respect and appreciate you doing that. And I love watching you grow. And I have loved just like seeing all the journeys, not even just like this journey for you, but I would love to know like in your life, in your work, anything in general, I know like even house stuff, just fun stuff. Is there anything that you're excited about that's coming up or anything fun that you want to share? You've recently launched a few different lines and stuff. You just, you're doing such amazing things over there. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Yeah. I did like a jewelry collaboration with electric picks and then I did like an Amazon, the drop collection before that. So both of those, I feel like for me, were kind of like testing mm-hmm. the waters to see like, oh, would I want to do mm-hmm. products? And I, I loved it. Like I genuinely loved it. And so it makes me really excited um, for kind of potential opportunities mm-hmm. there with whether it's a clothing line or something of that nature. I'm definitely starting to like pursue that more. So that's really that's awesome. exciting. Um, and then like totally separate from that, we're going to Telluride beginning of August, which is like my favorite place on earth. Um, so we're going to Telluride like with um, a few of my siblings and my mm-hmm. parents. So it's going to be like a big family trip. And I am like planning on just like going nice. off the grid. And I'm so excited about it. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I know you love Telluride. I think that's going to be so wonderful and so special and excited to follow along. And it's going to yeah. be amazing. Well, I'm so excited for you and I cannot wait for people to listen to this episode and learn so much about you and this journey and process in general. And I just really appreciate you being here and doing this with me. Aw, thanks. Thanks for asking me. Of course, love. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast interview. And if you are enjoying the podcast and loving these interviews, please go ahead and rate and review the Worth More podcast wherever you listen. I am always happy to hear y'all's thoughts, suggestions, feedback. So make sure you reach out to me on social media or through my website. I would love to hear you. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you.